0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: Our number two rolls on. We go out right now to the Draft House 50 hotline. That's where our next guest awaits as we're ready to talk some baseball here. Kind of dominated by a lot of different things in our number one Time to get into the nuts and the bolts of the Chicago Cubs. From view from the bleachers, he is Joe Aiello with us right now. Joe, what's going on?
2: Not much, guys. How are you?
1: Uh, always good to catch up with you. Things are very well here in Iowa, and as you can imagine, uh, the Cubs fans around here breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, yesterday, notwithstanding, the start of the second half has, uh, I think, relieved a lot of the, the influences that are out there. So, some of the nervousness that was happening across Cubs Nation.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think even yesterday kind of did a little bit to, to cool some of the anxiety. Kyle Hendricks came out and made his return, and he looked really good. So I think there's a lot of reason for optimism right now.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Hendricks, and that's, in fact, where I wanted to start with you. After we saw a guy that certainly never threw hard, uh, the numbers even lower, the velocity down from what it was a year ago, I think were a lot of people that thought, Last year was more smoke and mirrors. If he lost anything from what he was, including, you know, the ability of having that great movement on the pitches, that he was just going to become a, a, an average guy. The upside there for Hendricks, is it still a guy that you feel you can count on to be a number three, number four guy come playoff time?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think right now, based on the situation that we have, I think he's probably your number three. I think even ahead of Jake. Uh, unless, you know, something changes, you know, Jake turns, turns it on typically in the playoffs. But I think right now Hendricks is at the, at the worst, like you said, a three or a four. And, you know, with Hendricks and, and Arietta, if he rounds into form from the playoffs and Lester and Quintana, I'll take, I'll take that and take my chances in the playoffs with this team. So I'm okay with it. Now we just need to, you know, work hard over the next two months to get there and, and things should be just fine.
1: Well, we've been watching all season long, kind of wondering what was going to happen with the Brewers team that got off to the nice start. Really played well going into the All-Star break, and then on the back half of it have come out and really struggled. We see the Pirates starting to surge at this point. But uh, let's start with the Brewers. It looks like a team that certainly uh, is a couple years away from, from being a team that you expect to be at that top level. A great farm system, a lot of young guys that have come up and been pretty good and now it looks like a possibility that they're not going to be making any moves. As Sonny Gray was talked about for a long time, it looks like that may be fading away. There was a report yesterday from Ken Rosenthal saying just that. Your thoughts on the Brewers' side of things, and it looks like maybe a year they're going to stand pat knowing that the future is what's important for them.
2: Yeah, this whole division is kind of a little bit uh, wonky as far as the trade deadline. I don't think that the Cubs are going to make any more major moves. Given the fact that we got Quintana, you might see them add a, a backup catcher. I know we've seen Avila Avila's name mentioned. Maybe another bullpen arm. Um, but other than that, I don't think you're gonna see them get another starter. And like you mentioned, the Brewers, I I don't think that they're gonna go out and, you know, mortgage the farm to, to win now given the fact that their window is just now opening. And then you look at Pittsburgh, who I think is ultimately gonna be the team to, to compete with down the stretch. And I don't know how much they're going to make a movie either, given the fact that Marte can't play in the playoffs if they're if he's eligible, you know, if they end up making it. So there's not a whole lot of incentive to try to, to get a rental this year when you're going to be without one of your best bats in the playoffs if you make it. So, you know, that really just leaves the Cardinals, and I don't see the Cardinals as, as a team also that's going to be looking to make any moves. So this weird, weird division come playoff uh, race time, I, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of trading happening in this division. It's going to be, you know, play the hand that you're dealt. And I think given that circumstance, the Cubs should come out on top.
1: Jamison Tyon's been very good. We saw last night they got another nice start out of uh, their ace and Garrett Cole. This Pirates squad, uh, possibility now with them starting to round into form and, and finally getting some guys uh, back out there, including most importantly, Starling Marte. Uh, is that the team, I guess, that you would be most concerned of in in terms of what the division is is it the Pirates that you're kind of looking at, though, in the rear of your mirror and saying, watch out for those guys?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, right now with Marte coming back now, I think if they can stay healthy, they're probably the team with the most uh, firepower in this division, given the circumstances for us to compete with. I, just th- I think the Brewers are just one year ahead of schedule, and I don't think that down the stretch they're going to do um, what they've been doing all year. I think they just kind of were playing out over their skis a little bit in the beginning part of this year. And uh, I I think the Pirates are going to be the team to beat. But, again, I just don't see them making a lot of moves, given the fact that what they're going to be going to if they do make the playoffs, I think they're going to just kind of look at it and say this is kind of a lost year, given the fact that Marte Marte got suspended. It is what it is, and we'll play forward based on that.
1: From there, uh, back to the Cubs as we're talking with Joe Aiello. View from the Bleachers. You can find him online on Twitter as well at v. F-T-B is where you can find Joe and all the work from the guys over at View from the Bleachers. Uh, Let's take a look at this team and some more moves. You you talked about the possibility. Are they going out? Are they looking at another starter? Probably not. How about the bullpen? Is there uh, an opportunity if something would arise? Not a big name guy, certainly not anything like they did last year with Chapman, but could you see them adding an arm or two, a veteran kind of presence that really is not going to cost a whole lot?
2: Yeah, I think people want to go out and just automatically assume that they're going to get Zach Britton or, you know, Sean Doolittle yeah. or somebody like that. But, uh, ultimately, I think another, another name that you can keep an eye on that could be a potential good addition would be Brad Brock from the, from the Orioles. Uh, you know, he's a Chicago based guy and, you know, he's pitched well for the Orioles. He's actually more healthy than somebody like Britton. And I think he would be an underrated name that they could bring in. You know, he's over thirty, so his price tag isn't as high I would think as a guy like Zach Britton. And uh, you know, he's he's fairly cost effective. And I think if the price was right, you know, we've seen the Cubs deal with the Orioles in the past. So I think that, that would be a name to potentially explore. But ultimately I don't I don't know that you really spend a whole lot of money unless you're gonna get a shutdown reliever and I just don't see the market for that uh being there for the Cubs this year to do that again.
1: Well, good news since uh, after the break, Rondon, uh, he's uh, busting it up there even higher. We've seen some triple digits. I saw, I believe it was his average fastball since the break, up to 97.5. So he's up there pumping it up and uh, showing some good velocity there. Maybe Rondone, we've seen glimpses of him being very good at different times. Perhaps he could be that lockdown guy before you get to Wade Davis.
2: Yeah, Rondon has looked better. Pedro Strop has looked a little better. Pedro Strope really looked really well uh, last and last yesterday during the game, so I think that those guys, if they can be on their game, you know, that's a huge boost for this team to be able to look at, you know, somebody take a. It takes a lot of pressure off a guy like C.J. Edwards who's been struggling a little bit of late. Um, but you know, if you can go in there again with those back innings with Edwards, who if he's thrown well, is, is lights out, and then you got somebody like Rondon and Strope to get the ball to guys like Uehara and and to Wade Davis. You know those five guys. I feel pretty good going to war with those five, uh, if they're right. If if things are kind of all off the rails, which we've seen from basically all of them except for uh, Wade Davis, then you got some problems.
1: You mentioned Wade Davis, and uh, I guess a little shaky. Still perfect twenty for twenty in save opportunities. There's been a few moments though. Any trepidation for you as you uh, look at him, or is it Wade Davis? You're feeling good going to the ninth inning. Because there's been some moments where you're kind of scratch your head wonder what's going on.
2: Yeah, I think that that's going to be the case with all relievers, ultimately. I mean, mm-hmm. there's it's just the nature of the beast. But there's nobody in this pen right now that I trust more than Wade Davis.
1: Good guy to have on the back end. And, <laughs> and a guy also that you can see, you know, Joe Maddon's confident in him. He, he's confident in that guy. It's a guy that he's known for a long time, going all the way back to when they were in Tampa. And it feels like you can feel kind of that confidence, even though it might be shaky for some Cubs fans, the manager has that full confidence.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's the key is if Madden's confident in him, he's going to go to him. And I think we've not seen him be overused so far. You know, there was definitely a case to use him, um, you know, over the weekend in a, in a key situation where in that game that just all hell broke loose against the Cardinals, um, you know, to try to get out of that bases loaded, no out jam, but, you know, he resisted that urge to try to save him, I think. And, and so I think we'll see Wade Davis fresh, when it comes time to really be needed to maybe look at those two inning two inning outings
1: We're talking with Joe Aiello taking a look at the Cubs Wilson Contreras he's been hot here as of late up to 15 homers now on the year go along with a uh, 267 average his OPS over nearly 8.82 uh, and in a WAR of 2.1 uh, Contreras can do a lot we know a catcher but He's been playing in a lot of games. With the loss of Miguel Montero after trading him away with his ridiculous comments here a while back, is it important for them maybe to be on the market for a backup catcher, a guy to give them time? And even if that doesn't happen, fighting away here in the second half to get Wilson Contreras some rest.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where Alex Avila will come in. You know, he would be able to be a huge addition from just an overall, not only offensive standpoint, but just an overall veteran presence for. For somebody like Wilson, because he's still a young guy. And, uh, you know, this is pretty much his first full year of doing the full catching duties. And, and so that's a tough, tough order for somebody that, that young. Know, we see him going out to the mound quite a bit to just make sure that everyone's on the same page. So I think a guy like Alex Avila would be a huge addition. That seems to be the inevitable move with the Tigers, just as long as they can kind of agree on the, the price tag for him. And, and I think bringing in somebody like that to spell, uh, Contreras would be huge. Ultimately, because you, you really don't want to go into the playoffs with, with Caratini as your backup catcher. Then you got just a lot of inexperience behind the plate there. So I think Avila would be a, a huge addition overall, especially if the price is right, uh, to add him as a backup.
1: Joe, I don't know if you uh, realized it. It just came across here. Somebody sent this to me. One year ago today, Aroldis Chapman was making his way to the Cubs. Kind of surprising, huh?
2: I would have thought I thought that, that was later in the towards the deadline so but maybe I. not I guess it was yeah. about a week. Yeah, I thought that was like a deadline deal if I remember right but maybe not.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was a, at least a couple of days ahead but yeah, I just got a sent that it happened uh on July 25th, 2016 that it came over. So they they sent Torres over a, a big package to bring him in. You mortgage I guess a, a bit of your future to do that, but it ends in a World Series. There isn't anybody that can look back at that and say Boy, should we really traded for Chapman? Is there?
2: No, I would make that trade a thousand times over because it brought us a World Series. Mm-hmm.
1: And with with the 108 years of futility, in the end, that's what it all comes back to. And that kind of leads to Joe. You know, some of the frustrations that we've heard from Cubs fans this year. Taking a look at this team, different things that have happened. It seems like at times maybe it's ringed a little bit hollow. And even my Cubs buddies that have complained from time to time because they know. I really can't complain, because all I've been asking for my whole life is for a World Series, and we finally got it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, put, I put it out on social media last year when there was a lot of talk about the Yankees wanting Schwarber, and I asked you know, just overall people on social media, if the Cubs were to trade Schwarber straight up for either Andrew Miller or Aldis Chapman, and it guaranteed a World Series, but it was also guaranteed that Schwarber would go on to be a Hall of Fame player, would you make that trade? And overwhelmingly, people were saying, no, no, I wouldn't make that trade. And it's like, are you guys losing sight of what our ultimate goal is? The ultimate end game is to win the World Series. And so if I could guarantee that getting one of those top closers was going to do that, I don't care if I traded four Hall of Famers to do that, I got a World Series, something that the town hadn't seen in 108 years. So I think that's an easy, easy, uh, easy yes any day.
1: Well, uh, as we wrap up here, we're about five minutes away from first pitch of game two. With the White Sox and the Cubs, they'll flip to the other side and play uh, games three and four of this series over on the south side of Chicago. But yesterday it was Hayward in the leadoff spot. Today uh, going back the other way as it's going to be Zobris leading things off. Still, Hayward in the past had mentioned didn't exactly like that leadoff role back when he was with the Braves. Madden, though, talked with him beforehand. You think this is being handled correctly, and could there be a spot as they continue to look for that leadoff guy? Maybe as Hayward as that leadoff man.
2: I don't like Hayward in the leadoff role. I just, don't, especially if he said in the past that he's not comfortable with it, it's just not my preferred. I, if Zobris is in the lineup, I think he's probably the best option for the leadoff spot, given the circumstances. There just really isn't a good name out there. You know, a, a name that I wouldn't mind seeing more of, especially after what we saw yesterday and really overall this year. You know, when John Jay's in the lineup, I think he's he's probably a good option as well up there. Uh, he just seems to get it done this year. Every every time I watch that guy play, he's getting it done. He's getting on base. He's making things happen. Obviously, he's a he's a part time role player. But you know, I like him in the lineup. I, I'm not uh, I'm not ashamed whenever I see John Jay's name in the lineup.
1: We'll get you uh, with the prediction. We'll let you go on this, Joe. John Lackey on the bump. We get good Lackey or bad Lackey today. What do you see?
2: Boy, I'm nervous about today. I just don't <laughs> feel good about it. I, I, I'm a little worried that we're going to get bad Lackey. Um, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I think we're going to see you know a five inning, four or five run outing, and I'm hoping I'm wrong on that.
1: That's what we call a lackey around these parts, right? Four. Yeah. And I,
2: I, well, let's hope we're wrong, though.
1: <laughs> four and two thirds, six earned, five or six runs, five earned, and uh, some swearing probably as he's walking off the mound.
2: Hopefully, he's got his angry eyes on.
1: <laughs> well, go, good catching up with you once again, Joe. Trade deadline less than a week away sure we'll probably try to catch up again next week, see what the Cubs do uh, at that trade deadline. Thanks, as always, for your time today, Joe. Anytime. Good talking to you. Joe Aiello, View from the Bleachers, with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. When we come back, we will go and talk with Jimmy B. What's going on in his world? And uh, he says he's got everything figured out. He hopes for tomorrow to be with us. Boy, the guy, he's got vacation, he's got things set up. We'll see what's going on in the world of Jim Brinson. Also coming up this hour, some Big 12 talk with Pete Mundo. Big 12 football, that'll be at 1.40. Then in the 2 o'clock hour, Kevin Trahan will stop by. Also, Micah Barta, the head coach of the Johnston Dragons. It all continues here on the Big Talker 1700. Jimmy B and TC, we're back in a moment.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
3: at WolfConstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof
4: personally. You may remember that back in 1998, the largest tobacco companies in the USA were sued for using false advertisements and manipulating scientific research. These tobacco companies agreed to a master settlement agreement where a minimum of $206 billion was to be awarded to 46 state municipalities. You could personally claim a tax-free portion of this money, around $2,300 per month in perpetuity, whether you have ever smoked or not. It's because billions of these dollars are being used to back interest-bearing financial instruments that bring in between Ten and twelve percent yields, year after year. Investors are beating down the doors to lock up their positions, and now you can too. Visit TobaccoMasterPayments.com. Money Map Press, an independent financial publisher and editor Keith Fitzgerald, have created a research presentation on these programs that you can attend free. Visit TobaccoMasterPayments.com for more information. Find out how you can benefit from the Big Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement. Visit TobaccoMasterPayments.com. That's TobaccoMasterPayments.com.
3: Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realized we're always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump. If it was available. We found LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options LaCasey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just a few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for, and affordable pricing. Visit LaCasey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674. I'm glad we went with LaCasey, and you will be too.
0: Get ready, Chiefs Kingdom. The 2017 football season is right around the corner, and season tickets are on sale now. Join in on the action at Arrowhead Stadium, where your Kansas City Chiefs will play host to the Steelers, Eagles, Broncos, Raiders, and more. Preseason starts on August 11th against the 49ers, so hurry and get your tickets now. For more information or to purchase tickets, go to Chiefs.com or call 1-888-99-CHIEFS. That's one 1-888- 888 to 480 for TV, $180 for internet, equipment, non-return, and conditions Call for details. Offer ends 121-17.
5: Hi, folks. Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, where we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon.
0: Jim Brinson, Trent Condon. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Welcome back once again. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. We're here until 3 o'clock each and every day. Your weekdays from noon until three, talking live local sports with you. High school baseball continues on. We'll get an update from that coming up here in just a little bit. But right now, we go out to the draft house fifty hotline. Jim Brinson, my co host, he's on the road. He says, Oh, I got I got this technology. I'm gonna have it all set up. I'll be with you. And of course, it doesn't happen today. Jimmy B, what's happening?
6: Listen, my man look it's me. so nothing ever goes smoothly when it's technology and me. It never ever ever happens. So here I am once again over the phone, trying just to uh you know make an impression, a good one, which is awfully hard for me to do yeah, but I'm ready let's let's go for it
1: let's uh let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, story of today and the last couple of days, and that's big Ten media days. You know, we mentioned yesterday the two deeps came out, a couple of uh, hits on that, Jimmy B. I personally was surprised for Iowa, the quarterback position. There wasn't the either-or designation that was handed at that quarterback spot. Nathan Stanley is listed as the starter with Tyler Wiegers as the backup. We know this is still going to be a battle going into going into August camp and what we're going to see out of both of these guys I think we all think that Stanley's probably the favorite. How big of a favorite do you think he is that he's going to be taking that first snap against Wyoming?
6: I think he's a big favorite. I, I really do. I think, once again, this is another Kirk Ferentz uh, scenario where he doesn't want the other type of to get down too much and still trying to build his hopes up that he can be the starter. But to be honest with you, since he never really came out with an either-or or, or one-and-one-A, uh, they just listed Stanley, uh, it's Stanley's job to lose. There's no question in my mind about it right now. And to be honest with you, I, uh, the, the reports that we had that Uyghurs looked good and that sort of uh, scenario, yeah, he probably did, but he probably didn't look as good as what Stanley did. Otherwise, if he did look that much better— then they would have listed Uyghurs as the starter in two deeps. That was not the case. So my guess is it's Stanley's job to lose.
1: Yeah, I I think it would take some kind of big upset for him not to walk away and get that initial start against Wyoming. But it's a competition I think that's going to continue. And it's not just going to continue until they get up to the first game. Uh, We've seen this happen in the past where it's not as simple as, all right, you're the starter and that's it. We've seen moving parts that have happened at that quarter position, quarterback position at Iowa. What uh, other thing? A quote that I saw today from Matt Vandenberg mm-hmm. over at Media Day. Uh, this is the quote. Here it is: Coach Brian Ferentz wants to do things wants things done differently than Coach Davis. That uh, sound that you're hearing is Hawkeye fans across the country singing Alleluia. <laughs>
6: Look, I know you're a big proponent of opening up the offense a little bit, uh, but it just doesn't happen under Ferentz. And maybe maybe his kid gets to it. Maybe he's the only guy that could ever really get to it and sort of shake the tree a little bit and let him acquiesce. I don't know. We're not going to know it, Trent, until we see what happens in that opener against Wyoming. And even then, if they're running the ball effectively like we all think that they'll be able to against the Wyoming Cowboys, mm-hmm. are they really going to show anything? I don't think they will. If they're having success on the ground, I don't expect them to show much in that first game. I, I find it an interesting quote that Ferentz, that he believes that uh, Ferentz wants young Ferentz wants to open it up a little bit, and I applaud them for that. And I certainly know you do, being mm-hmm. a Hawk fan, but I... Until I see it, then I'll believe it. That's
1: it. Well, this is what I continue to, to tell you, though. Uh, Jim, you didn't see a whole lot of Hawkeye football under O'Keefe in comparison, but the passing game did look different. Greg Davis's passing game looked completely different than what they did before. It's not okay. about you know keeping the reins on and not taking shots down the field because they did that in the past. It was Greg Davis in his horizontal passing game and it just never meshed with what Iowa did. Running the football, what they do with the zone scheme, that's not going to change. That's always going to be there. I expect them to go back to more of what we saw traditionally over the first 12 years of variance. That was shots down the field, utilizing the middle of the field with tight ends, deep crossing routes with your wide receivers. That's something that went away under Greg Davis, and I expect them to come back. Look, I don't expect them to go out there and throw it 45, 50 times a game. That's not what I'm expecting at all. I don't think most Hawkeye fans are, but a return to that and a return to, hey, let's utilize the whole portion of the field, not just the sidelines, just not throwing it out there with a little dump off and hoping a wide receiver can make a play a change back to what they did and what they were effective of and I think that's what you're going to see this year. The problem is it takes a while to implement that back because those guys weren't around when Ken O'Keefe was the offensive coordinator. The guys that are here, those kids were in junior high when that was happening. It's gonna take a while to get that ramp back up.
6: I agree with you from that standpoint. And once again we go back to the question, aside from Vandenberg, who's gonna catch the ball? Mm-hmm. I mean we we go back to that constantly. And I'm I'm with you as far as Iowa trying to open up that offense a little bit. And to be honest with you, I hope that they do, and I hope they're successful at it. I just don't think it's going to happen the first couple of games. A, new quarterback. B, who's going to catch it besides Vandenberg?
1: And uh, another guy that might be coming up, we talked about Butler coming in as a grad transfer. They're also looking at a uh, possibility of bringing in a wide receiver from New Mexico. Uh, Quarles is the guy's last name, Matt Quarles. Uh, played wide receiver there. Now, New Mexico under Bob Davey, they run the triple option. So you look at his numbers, and he caught like 12 passes, something like that last year. You're gonna say, right. Oh, oh, great, they're bringing in another guy like that. Remember what he did. And most importantly, at Iowa, they want their wide receivers to block, and that will open up space down the field for Akron Wadley instead of a 15-yard gain, you know, breaking off those 50, 60-yard runs. It's been the blocking at the wide receiver position that has helped that out. Quarles, after playing for three years in a triple-option system, well, you know he's going to be able to block as well down the field. So, hey, if this kid could come in and catch 20, 25 balls and be a good blocker to go on the other side of Vandenberg, I think suddenly you're feeling a lot better about that wide receiver position. Right now, still an F, nothing official on Matt Quarles coming in, but a new name to keep out there for wide receivers for Iowa.
6: I saw two New Mexico games this past season, and I did see Quarles play. I'm just trying to reference back. I know in one of the games, he had two catches. Okay. That was it. Yeah, because, as you mentioned, they run the triple option, so he didn't get his hands on the ball much. The second game, I don't really remember if he did much of anything in that game. Uh, but I think you're right about blocking, because the triple option is all predicated on the wide receivers blocking. And so that helps open up running lanes for what they like to do behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And if, if Quarles can be successful with that, that would obviously a big be a big bonus. I don't know if he's gonna be a guy trying who could come in and catch twenty five balls just because of the system he played in and I really don't know if he's that good of a wide receiver.
1: Six foot one, hundred and ninety five pounds, a kid from down in Missouri also Uh, Something that they're at least taking a look at it. And that's another thing. Uh, We had the jokes two years ago about new Kirk, but he seems like he is more open to the idea. After what they were able to get last year out of Ron Caluzzi coming in as a (laughs) grand transfer, tapping into this market. Kirk has never been a guy that has looked deeply at JUCOs. Every once in a while to fill a gap, he'll do that. But maybe this is one that makes more sense for him, a guy that has completed, you know, the schoolwork, you know, you don't have to worry about that side of it. A guy that's played at the D1 level, hey, maybe he just looked over at Iowa State basketball and said, it works for them, why can't it work for us?
6: <laughs> He's taking a, taking a cue from the in-state rival. Yeah. I, look, I, I, look what, whatever, whatever you think will float your boat... I I truly believe that they understand that they really don't have a clue what they really have. And as I said before, I don't think we're really gonna fully understand it until they play three or four games. And I don't and and if they and if I'll go back to the Wyoming game. If they're having success running the ball, you're not gonna see them open up the passing game. When they get to Iowa State, if they fall behind in that game and they're forced to go to the air, I think that would give us a better chance to understand what they will attempt to do in the passing game. But that's only if they're behind and they and, the, and time's uh, winding down and they've got to pick up chunks of yardage and score in a hurry to get back into the game. If If they control the ground game, like I believe they will against Wyoming, I still don't think you're going to see... That passing game, open up. Now, the third game, I think that's when you might get an opportunity to see them throw the ball around a little bit Mm -hmm. just because of the opponent that they're playing, and they should drop them pretty easily.
1: Yeah, North Texas is uh, under a rebuild. They're not going to be very good this year, and and that kind of leads down the road of the schedule for Iowa this year. You feel confident about North Texas, but you can make an argument for all 11 games on the schedule outside of that one. That it could go the other way, you know. Even the home games that look to be very winnable against Illinois and against Purdue. Remember the Illinois game; they're going to be coming off back-to-back games against Penn State and a roadie against Michigan State. You know where are they going to be late in the season against Purdue, and where's that team going to be mentally at that point? They'll be coming off a gamut where they played Ohio State, Wisconsin in back-to-back weeks, and a short week coming up right after that. Against Nebraska. The schedule is something that is incredibly difficult. We've talked about it. And it's not just the way and the teams that they play and having the crossovers with Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah, that makes it incredibly difficult. But just as you go through that schedule and, and you take a look at what happens beforehand and then what happens afterwards, I don't know if you could draw a hat out a much more difficult schedule than what Iowa got.
6: No, they did get handed a difficult schedule, but you have to remember that they won a couple of seasons now with a much less difficult schedule. And we all, we talked about it. We referenced it. It fell into that 12 and 0 year that they had, which was a terrific uh, conference year and season for the Hawks. But now they are matched up against some of the big time players in the Big Ten whom in past years they were able to avoid. So I'm with you on all of that. And I I think that where they are with the offensive line, you and I both agree that that's probably one of the most solid uh, lines that they could have. We know where they are with the running back, with Wadley, and the addition of Butler. But the wide receivers, quarterback is a major concern offensively. And then on defense, Trent, where are you on their defense?
1: I personally think this defense is going to be pretty good. It depends a lot on the defensive tackle position. A ton of talent at defensive end, three starters back at linebacker. I believe in the young cornerbacks. We've seen those guys get some experience already. you got three different guys that have experience and look looked diff- good at different spots. I think Iowa's got a chance to be really good. I just don't know what comes back to that passing game, the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. That's what I go back with. But defensively, I really think I was going to be really good this year. I just don't know if it's going to show up in the win-loss record.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent Of course, once we get closer, uh, you and I will go on with our official predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, it's—I mean, look—we did the uh, the W and L thing one day, and we laughed about it that it was so early that you really don't know. But they could be anywhere from. Eight and four to five and seven. Yeah, uh, with, with the way this schedule is set up,
1: and it could—I think the range is even wider than that. I, I think this team—they could go three and nine. They really could. Wheels fall off. They don't get quarterback play. They can't handle the defensive tackle position. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. injuries. Yeah. Uh, we know depth yeah. is never a thing that is great. There, you go back to the four and eight year. Nobody had them four and eight going into that season, and that's where they were. I think the war, the range for Iowa is very wide this year. I agree with you there. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, uh, Jimmy B, we're going to talk with you again coming up here in just a little bit. And, and I got to get your thoughts. I'm sure you heard from uh, that goober, PJ Fleck, early today. We got to talk about the dork from the north of us.
6: So you, know, you and I talk reasonably fast. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak as fast as he does, particularly in a news conference situation. I mean, it's like Mortar Mouth. It's, it's, he's the Energizer Bunny. It's just nonstop. We'll have some fun with that at the top of the
1: hour. Sounds good. Jimmy B. checking back in as he's with us right now on the Draft House 50 hotline. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to get us some Big 12 talk. Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports. He's my guest next year as we roll through. It's a Tuesday edition. Jimmy B and TC live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
5: Hey Des Moines, I'm Dave
0: Ramsey. Join me every Monday through Friday from 9 till noon. Courtesy of MediaCom Careers. On 1700 KBGG.
1: can you finish geico's ad phrase fifteen minutes could save
0: you right fifteen percent or more on car insurance but this message isn't about geico it's about how your memory works why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize that's the power of sound it can make a good tune or a good idea stick now here's a question would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business sticky you know, memorable and powerful, then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio.
7: The power of sound.
2: Hi, this is Clint Burkall. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station, 331-9200.
7: We are glad to share them. Here's the scoop on garden soil. Sometimes it needs help from the Home Depot, where bags of miracle Grow garden soil are a special buy, three for just 10 bucks. It improves existing soil with nutrients plants need for stronger roots, so they'll hit the ground running, starting with much better ground miracle grow garden soil three bags 10 bucks now at the number one retailer for scott's miracle grow the home depot more saving more doing ballot through august 2nd while supplies last contiguous u.s only limit 80 per customer with free next day delivery from staples You can run
4: your business like a pro. You can guarantee the marketing department that they'll get their supplies tomorrow and guarantee the accounting department that they'll be delivered free. With free next-day delivery, you'll have the ability to move deadlines up and adjust budgets down. Go to staples.com and get the office essentials you need delivered next day for free. Staples. It's pro time. Orders over $49.99, placed by 5 p.m. Excludes weekends and holidays. Eligible items only.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about your money and your life. You
5: can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000, whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000
0: income. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2, 1. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC.
1: Back at it here. 18 till the top of the hour. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talkers 1700 right now. Back out to the Draft House 50 hotline. Pete Mundo with Heartland College Sports. He joins us taking a look at the Big 12 as we put a cap on things last week. Dallas and Media Days. Uh, things down in Big D, certainly a lot of storylines, and the biggest and the best, Mike Gundy's mullet. Is that fair, Pete?
8: <laughs> well, Trent, if you're talking things off the field, then yes, I would say Mike Gundy's mullet was uh, the hit of media days on Monday and Tuesday last week. It just it really seems like he's more comfortable than he's ever been as a head coach at Oklahoma State, and it's really starting to show through. And the mullet's kind of a part of it, but it's just the, the team that he has um, he's at ease, it seems like, with his administration there, which is huge. But no doubt that with Bob Stoops gone, I really believe that Mike Gundy and Gary Patterson have been, and Bill Snyder, those three, have really become the uh, the leaders from a coaching perspective of the Big
1: 12. Well, Gundy and his Oklahoma State team, certainly uh, a lot of expectations, a lot of buzz around this team 2011 they were so close and it all ended uh just north of us here up in ames as you know uh as it looked like they're going to be playing lsu for the national championship that wasn't the case as iowa state was able to get them on that friday night how close is this team to being a playoff contender in your mind we know oklahoma is going to be the uh, favorite but oklahoma state how tight is that gap
8: well i think it's a lot tighter than people think i i i You know, we're going to release our preseason rankings for the Big 12 on HeartlandCollegeSports.com in the next couple of days. And while it's our whole staff that kind of, you know, we average them out, I, for one, think Oklahoma State is going to win the Big 12 Conference. Uh, I I feel pretty confident in that for the simple reason that Bob Stoops has to be worth something as the head coach of OU, does he not? Mm -hmm. I mean, that game's in Stillwater, and you have a first-year head coach in Lincoln Riley at 33 years old. There has to be some value to having Bob Stoops on the sidelines for a big game like that. He's not going to be there this year. Um, And this Oklahoma State team is incredibly talented. So I don't think the national media, I think they're starting to come around, a lot of the people in the national media. It's kept on over the past two or three weeks, I've noticed. But while it was kind of a foregone conclusion during spring ball that this was Oklahoma's conference to lose, I think people are finally seeing that, hey, the top five or six in this conference are pretty darn good teams. And they're all a lot closer than people realize when you think the Oklahoma schools, Texas, West Virginia, and we'll throw TCU into that mix where, and Kansas state, excuse me. So yeah, there's the six teams right there in Kansas state that really um, can finish in almost any order.
1: Pete, uh, a big part of, you know, the, the building up of the brand uh, getting some of that national credibility back is is going to be what happens in the non-conference. And we know the Oklahoma game as they make their way up to Columbus after what happened a year ago, that's going to be the spotlight. After that game, what's the most important non-conference game for the league as a whole in your estimation? I
8: think Texas-USC. Um, okay. uh, you know, that's a game where if Texas can actually – pull off a win in that game against the leading Heisman Trophy favorite going into the season, uh, that would be enormous. Now, we saw a tease of that last year with Texas beating Notre Dame, and that obviously turned out to be nothing but a tease because Notre Dame wasn't all that good, and Texas wasn't all that good either. But this USC team is for real. They're a playoff contender, and if Texas can go there and win that game, uh, in Tom Herman's first year, first month on the job, boy, that would just do a lot, not just for that program, but for the the visibility of the Big 12 and, and the idea that, you know what, the Big 12 is not the clear-cut fifth of the Power 5 conferences. I'm hearing a lot of that lately, and I think it's totally bogus. Um, and, you know, I really think the Big 12 has a serious opportunity here to go out there in September get a couple of big non-conference wins, including West Virginia and Virginia Tech, and say, you know what, we're for real, guys, and this conference is a lot better than people are giving it credit for.
1: And, and that's what's got to happen, and we've seen that, in the perception that has you know, changed for different conferences. It, it took a couple of non-conferences. It took some bold successes to do that. It's cyclical. We always seem to go through these cycles right now, and, and the Big 12 people are throwing dirt and shade at it. It's going to change. It, it seemingly always doesn't. And you also got to be ha- happy that you got quarterbacks like you do in the, in the conference with Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph and, and even guys like Jesse Ertz at Kansas State. Uh, what's the latest on Ertz? I know a lot of injuries for him.
8: Yeah, Jesse Ertz, uh, when you look at kind of where he's at right now, um, I think he'll be fine when the season comes around. I don't know, you know, up to the day, I don't know exactly what his status is as of today. He was pretty – he felt fine about it at media days. He didn't really seem all that concerned. He basically said, I'm, I'll be ready for the season. And the guys, you know, he was the starter all last season. He was named the starter two years ago before getting hurt. Um, so it didn't seem like the staff was all that concerned about any missed time throughout practice uh, this summer and, and until the season starts. So feels like he'll be ready. Um, at least that's my understanding of it right now.
1: Speaking of Kansas State, Bill Snyder, his health, uh, certainly a big topic, of conversation with the throat cancer, undergoing chemotherapy, everything uh, that has gone on with him. What's the likelihood that this is the final season, in your mind, for Bill Snyder after uh, having a chance to see him there at Big 12 Media Days? Do you think this is going to be the last year?
8: Yeah, I do. I I really do, Trent. Um, I, I think that Bill Snyder right now, you know, I saw him in media days. He looked awful. I mean, he really did not look healthy. And, I, you know, God bless him. He's battling games where he's 77 years old. But he just doesn't look good, man. I mean, he's got to be a, it looks like he's 100 pounds soaking wet. He doesn't have a lot of strength in his voice. There's just – it's not all – it's just not all there. And I, I, there's no way he's going to be on the sidelines this fall because I'm telling you, if he gets run into, if someone bumps into him on the sidelines full speed – something seriously wrong could happen to Bill Snyder. So he's going to be in the booth, I imagine, unless he has a miracle turnaround here in the next few weeks, at least start the season in the booth, maybe work his way down if his health improves. But I I don't see how this is a guy that's going to be grinding 100-hour work weeks throughout the year. Um, I think his son, Sean, is basically running the ship right now, and the players seem pretty content and, and happy and it's business as usual there in Manhattan and that's a credit to the environment and the culture that Bill Snyder created.
1: Pete uh, over to Iowa State our local team here you had an article up at Heartland College Sports uh, yesterday talking about Alan Lazar their fine wide receiver the physical specimen that he is but wants to be more than just a guy that's put up some numbers he's got a lot more to accomplish uh, your thoughts after talking with him and getting ready for his senior year
8: yeah, great guy, um, and really impressed with his maturity, his attitude. You know, he wants to, his speed is good. He just wants to improve his route running a little bit, his precision um, on some of those routes a little bit. He thinks there's a perception out there from the NFL guys that he's slow. He says he runs in the four or fives for his four yard dash. So at six, five, two and a quarter, that really shouldn't be a problem at all. And um, yeah, he feels really good about where he is heading into his senior season. He feels confident having Jacob Park, our quarterback, David Montgomery in the backfield, Mike Warren. Uh, There's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, so if they get a decent production from this offensive line, this offense is going to be loaded. And I really believe that people are going to be surprised by Iowa State this year. There was a lot of chatter from uh, Coach Campbell and the players about just culturally where this program is this year versus a year ago and the idea that you know a year ago it didn't feel like these guys were a cohesive unit it really felt like it was just a group of individuals and that's something that was brought up to me a couple times that even carried over into the Paul Rhodes era his last couple of years it was a group of individuals some very talented but it wasn't really a team and that's that's a big difference and these guys now are close uh they talked about some of the team bonding and team unity things they've done over this offseason and it really feels like a very cohesive unit so uh, you look at the schedule and obviously september 9th is circled the iowa game and uh, that in particular they're looking to get revenge after getting smoked in that one last year and that's another one of those big out of conference games i mean i know the big 10 west is not nearly what the big 10 east is but any time a Big 12 school that's picked to finished near the bottom of the conference can go out there and potentially beat a Big 10 school, I mean, that's huge. And these guys all talked about, I mean, you know this and your listeners know this, the importance of that game and what it means to the state and the people of that state and how embarrassed they felt after last year. There's going to be a lot of motivation there, and I think that rivalry game September 9th is just going to be um, – you know, it, it was good under Paul Rhodes. You think back to the Paul Rhodes years, and he really pulled some solid upsets in that game. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, with some of the trash talking going on by Kirk Ferentz's son in the offseason mm-hmm. to Iowa State and to Minnesota, the way last year's game went with this solid offense uh, for Iowa mm-hmm. State, that is going to be an awesome game and I'm really looking forward to Just as a Big 12 fan, that one is circled on my calendar September
1: 9th. Yeah, it's going to be a good one week, two, Looking forward to that. 11 o'clock, an early kickoff for the Seahawks game this year. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, as always. Pete, good catching up with you. Football season getting closer and closer.
8: Yeah, looking forward to chatting as the uh, season gets closer and as we get into the season. Trent, I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: That's great. Pete Mundo, follow him on Twitter, at Pete Mundo. You can also give a follow to the guys over at Heartland College Sports. At Heartland College Sports, easy enough on everything you need to know on the Big 12. And also a look uh, at Alan Lazard, good article that Pete put up yesterday. Take a look at that one. In fact, I uh, just tweeted that one out not too long ago. Well, my voice is cracking. <clears throat> I don't know why, but it is. So I need to get a little water, and I need to get ready for the next hour. Coming up next, we're going to have Jimmy B stopping one more time. Got a couple of questions for him. Kevin Trehan will be here. We'll talk Big Ten football with him. We've hit a lot of Big 12 today. Back to the Big Ten. B.J. Fleck out there. We had Jim Harbaugh. We're going to get into a couple of those things. Big Ten as a whole. Pat Fitzgerald with Kevin's alma mater. A look at the Big Ten West. And who are the dark horses in the West? Everybody is picking the Badgers. If it's not the Badgers who will take the title and make their way to Indianapolis from the Western Division of the Big Ten. And then at 240, Michael Barta. He's the head coach of the Johnston Dragons. He will stop by, and we will talk with him a little bit about his team. They'll play tomorrow afternoon at the state tournament for boys baseball. Uh, Going on today, Davenport Assumption, a winner in the Class 3A quarterfinals as they roll to a 12-2 win uh, going on right now just underway with Dubuque Wallard and Marion in the 130 matchup. Some thoughts on that. Baseball talk later on. Johnston head coach Michael Labarta. He'll join us again at 240 and a look at the 4A field. All to come here on the Big Talker 1700 live. From the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: Seventeen hundred K B G G is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and DC, noon to three sports talk that rocks. Seventeen hundred K B G G.
5: Hi, folks. Mike from J L M Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since nineteen eighty eight, and we won't be are sold by the big stores and no one can match our service after the sale we're on the corner of 70th and douglas in urbandale or we can be reached at 515-331-1577 we're jlm shooter supply see you soon.
4: A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate. Or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty only at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
7: I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match. Because more people have met their someone on Match than any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection. And Match is not only number one in first, but second dates, too. Now, here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to Match.com slash search for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at Match.com slash search. That's Match.com slash search. Match.com slash search. At Progressive, we think your handbag business with the reversible top-notch is top-notch. In fact, there's no other notch at the tippity-top. Your top notch doesn't top. But even at the top, you didn't stop. You copped Progressive Business Insurance with over 40 years of expertise helping non-stop and top-notchers notch spots at the top. Now, break out your stopwatch and hopscotch to ProgressiveCommercial.com because this is one opportunity you don't want to botch. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Affiliates. The Home Depot has discovered an amazing anti-aging formula for your walls. Bear Premium Plus Ultra Paint, interior and exterior, starting at just $29.98 a gallon. Bear's formula provides superior stain blocking coverage, keeping walls looking newer, longer. It's not the fountain of youth, unless you're a wall. Bear Premium Plus Ultra, starting at just $29.98 a gallon, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, US only.
0: 1700 KBGG is your home for big sports. There's no place like home on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. What's up? It's Bill Ryder
1: back in Des Moines. Lived there for a decade, got married in Des Moines. Thrilled to be talking about your favorite sports teams with your favorite players, 5 to 9 p.m. on your station with all the big games. 1700 KBGG.
0: Big news, big talk, and big sports. On 1700 KBGG.
2: Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave 2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave 2037 so he can spend it on things like anti gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave 2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting, Steve
4: 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
7: You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
1: Hey, Let's just hope Steve 2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine, because he is going to come
2: back
4: here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
0: 1700 KBGG, Des
6: Moines, Cumulus Station.